0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Harry Robinson. Before we begin, I just wanted to apologize for the lateness of this episode. Our eighth ever. We had a plethora of issues with the laptop's editing software. And after all that, found the recording quality was poor too. At times it sounds like there might be gunshots in the background when Jack is speaking, so sorry for that. Thanks for your fantastic support and for staying tuned with this despite a slightly worse quality than usual. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 7 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, as we discuss a glorious win at home to Arsenal, a 5-1 thumping of FC mid and and that is youth and senior news for the club.
1: My dreams, like so sweet they
0: leave me this is the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, I'm Harry Robinson, and as always I'm joined by Jack Tate to go through the last week for Manchester United. Quite a strangely good one, hasn't it Jack?
1: It has. Yeah, it's been uh, been lovely to watch this week, actually. Um, a big change from how we felt last week doing this. It's been a very, very sad week.
0: So let's start off with that Arsenal game. Wow. I mean, before the game, we looked at the line-up. We saw Mike Carrick and Daly Blind at centre-back. We saw... Marcus Rashford up front, uh, Martial and Smalling yet to come back. Uh, De Gea has come back, great bit of news, and he made some excellent saves, which uh, kept us in the league at times. But we saw that we saw Carrick and Blind, we saw Rashford, Lingard, um, uh, many young players. I think there were eight within the squad, and then of course we had nine overall with Danny Welbeck. Great day for the academy coaches at the club, but we saw that lineup and. Honestly, I thought we could be utterly spanked. I mean, it could be revenge for 8 too, but it turns out incredible result, isn't it?
1: It really was. Yeah, seeing that lineup, we all thought that it could go badly wrong against Arsenal. But the the youngsters stepped up when we needed them. They were all absolutely brilliant. Like like you said, it was a brilliant, brilliant day for the academy. We've all been very worried recently about. The state of our academy, which we've talked about a lot on on this podcast, but it really just showed yesterday that even though we may not be in the best state at the moment, development of young players, we still do have some great talent. And when they do step up, they really did perform well. And
0: Marcus Rashford, what a start. I mean, it, it, could, be, it could be that he doesn't go on to become... A Manchester United striker. But just wow. He's now the third youngest Manchester United goal-scorer in Premier League history behind uh, Welbeck, who also scored. Um It was good to see him back, especially not winning, but but playing well and being an important player. And Federico Makeda. Makeda! And he's also our 6th uh goal score this season which is incredible after uh, <laughs> after two games it, it really was incredible that first goal went in and um, there, there was a I mean there was a big celebration uh, and people were people were just laughed how could this happen and the second one went in three minutes later uh, like overawed by what what, it, it, what an achievement and what an incredible story for a player who's been on your sub and then comes in and scores four
1: he looks a real talent I'm not getting too carried away at the end of the day been two games, you know, and, and for me, what impressed me most wasn't actually the two goals, although, especially that second one, was a great headed headed finish. His general play was really, really good. He really stretched Arsenal a lot throughout the game, and he was a really, really willing runner. A lot of the time this went unnoticed, but his work rate was brilliant. And what it did was it put the Arsenal centre backs under pressure. And we know they like to play out from the back. And so a lot of the time when we were under pressure and did the ball long, he forced Gabriel and Koscielny to panic and have to either put the ball out of play into touch and then we got further up the pitch or just forced him to go backwards and have to start again rather than being able to launch another attack really quickly. And so that really impressed me on that side of his game. And on the ball, he looked a real threat whenever he got it. His decision-making, very rare for a young player, someone of his age, was really, really good all day and it just showed it when he laid the ball off perfectly for Ander Herrera.
0: The assist to go with his two brilliant goals. Yeah, I thought the assist was one of the. I mean, obviously scoring two goals against Petr Cech, one of the best keepers ever, to be honest. And uh, I mean, that, that's an incredible achievement. But the the assist for Herrera, the hold up play when you had three Arsenal players surrounding you, trying to trying to snap the ball away from your heels. And you managed to calmly keep the ball, turn around and spot the, the better option aside from just shooting. And a, another key thing, I think you mentioned it, was uh, the work rate. Um, work rate is obviously used a lot for, for young players and obviously they have the legs to do it. But um, Rashford was chasing Check down in, in probably the first 60 minutes of the game. There was one point where he chased Check down and check passes it probably about 35 yards to Koscielny. Rashford caught him up by the time the ball had got there. I mean, <laughs> he's running at the pace of the ball and he's very quick. I've only seen him probably five or six times in 21s and under 18s, but he, he's been good there. And we don't want to overhype this. We can't do this. English media and English fans have uh, this ridiculous way of going about. English talent breaking through, and we need to, uh, including the coaches. The coaches can't focus on Rashford becoming our main man because he he's not going to be. We have to keep developing him as as a all round player, and not as the player to make an impact for United now. And obviously. If you're good enough, you're old enough, that classic cliché that's so often associated with United. But I think we need to focus on his development rather than instant impact for the moment. My man of the match, despite Rashford's uh, two goals, um, was Memphis. I thought, hold up play, very confident, and he really led the team. And there was a great moment when Ramsey pushed terreira over. Memphis was first over, getting in the referee. I mean, you want respect for the referees, but you, you also want that passion and, and aggression from Memphis.
1: It was a really dogged and a very good performance actually from Memphis. It was one that won't grab any headlines and hasn't grabbed any headlines largely because of the heroics of Marcus Rashford. But it was it was a really, really solid performance from Memphis. He one of the biggest things when you're playing against Arsenal is trying to thwart the threat of their fullbacks. And Hector Bellerin has had a brilliant season on that right hand side for Arsenal. And Memphis dealt with him really, really well all game. He really tracked back well, which is not a side of his game that we've seen or really expected to see very much this season from him. And so it was great to see him actually doing that side of his work. And on the ball, he always looked a threat. Again, actually, similar to Rashford, he always made, made good decisions. He caused Bellerin problems wherever he could. The rainbow flick first touch really just highlighted to everyone what a talent he is. And it seems a case of evidence because after that performance against, against Mitylan on Thursday, which we'll come on to, he seemed to have gained so much confidence and he was so much more comfortable on the ball. And he didn't seem like he was forcing things anywhere near as much. And he, he only... He only made the 25-30 yard shots, which we saw every two seconds against Shrewsbury last week. He only made them when they were appropriate. His decision making was a lot better than usual. I think it all comes from that confidence that he gained. I thought he had a great game.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's that confidence or it's just the, the fans belief in him now after seeing that uh, what what was an incredible performance against Major of the match again, despite Rashford's heroics on, on his debut. Um, I thought Memphis was a match twice in a row and as I said, I don't know if it's confidence. I think that, that plays a huge part as well, but the the fans being behind him at Old Trafford, the fact that now, having seen the performance against Midland when he tries a, a trick and it doesn't come off probably three or four times against Arsenal, when that happened people weren't groaning like they, they were at the start of the scene when he wasn't quite as as consistent or, or good, but people are sort of laughing, like imagine if that came off and we saw some of those incredible showboating tricks. It was like having Ronaldo back. It, it really was. And then his goal against mid when he cuts inside and, and pulls it into the near post after a few tricks. That It, it was Ronaldo reminiscent.
1: As I said, it's, it's what we've been waiting for, really, all season. We all knew that he had talent. We all knew that he has the ability to go on and achieve great. Things. But no, Memphis was, was brilliant. As, to be fair, well, almost everyone against Arsenal, it was a, and a brilliant all-round team performance.
0: Yeah, I thought the, the defence did well, despite a few, a few hiccups. I thought David Blind in the air particularly impressed. He was slightly dodgy at and him and Rojo on the left flank were... I think they kicked the ball out within the space of a minute. They both managed to kick the ball out. When not under pressure, i uh, when when you're three, only three, two up. That was very nervous. But uh, I thought Blind in the air dealt fantastically well, given the fact that he's a midfielder and his stature isn't particularly impressive compared to people like Danny Welbeck and Olivier Giroud or, or even Alexis Sanchez, who is very well built, shall we say? And, and Carrick did better than expected. Obviously, not a long-term solution, and we need to see Carrick out of that position as soon as possible. Because uh, there were scary moments. A point, Gemmerbrella, another fantastic performance. Assist for the goal, uh, the first Rashford goal with, with a brilliant, brilliant cross that I think Memphis just missed out on. But then because it was so the curl on it was so good, couldn't claim it. And and Rashford, when Valencia comes back in the next few weeks, and when Darmy comes back in about a month or so. Varela's got to keep his place, does not he?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for, for me, Varela was actually my man in the match against Arsenal. I thought he was a brilliant, brilliant performer. And to be fair, has been right since he first came into the team to replace the injured Damian. As you said, I'm sure when Valencia comes back into the team, or comes back into the squad even uh, when he recovers from injury I can't see him replacing Varela in the starting 11 I really can't and even Damian I, I personally I think Varela in the last few weeks has been better than the standard that we've seen from Damian this season he's been a real real surprise for me because he impressed in the under 21s don't get me wrong but he was never someone that seemed to set the world alight and he, he he was just seen as someone who, yeah, you know, he was a good player. He was playing for Man United under-21s, but he wasn't tipped for, for big things once he did break into the first team, but he's proved everyone wrong and he's done brilliantly since he has come into the team. And he's fully deserving the praise that he's having right now because he, along with Warwick Jackson, who unfortunately is injured as well at the moment, both did have done brilliantly brilliantly well since they came into the team
0: jesse lingard was quiet on uh, on sunday but he still though that that hunger was still evident and there's that hunger and determination and uh, they strive to impress far more than the senior players who are obviously try and we can't say they're not because they're always giving 100 percent but they don't have that same hunger and, and drive as the younger players do and i think that's possibly why our form has, has taken a a turn for the better the introduction of so many young players um, it was good to see Timothy fosu one of the biggest talents of the club but an excellent defender who can play all across the, the defence right back, centre back and left back as well as in central midfield he came off his debut for Marcus Rojo also good to see him return for the majority of the game he came off with a, a slight knock for fosu James Weir made his debut if it was a about a minute and a half, one. Um, and Morgan Schneiderlin. I don't want to put a dampener on what's going to be a very positive episode um, this week. But Schneiderlin, excellent in terms of being a midfielder. But when he had to drop back into into defence, he was very, very. His decision making is often very poor. He charges out quite a lot, and his stats are good. But watching, it's very hard to realise the impact he does, and I think that's why so many people underrate him but he was at fault for two goals, I thought.
1: He's always a strange I think, because he does make some very, very important challenges, some very important interceptions. And to be fair, he did break up play a number of times yesterday. As you said, he was definitely at fault for the second goal and probably at the first as well. Should have organised himself a bit quicker. I think he is quite important to our team because he offers us something that no other midfielder, I don't think, offers in that the combative nature that he possesses. I just think he needs to calm down a little bit sometimes because, as you said, sometimes he seems to... He, he he goes chasing the ball a little bit too much, and it happened quite a few times where you often see him almost replacing matter in that kind of advanced midfielder role when he goes chasing. There was a number of times when Cochalan received the ball yesterday, and he going he went charging in to, uh, to try and win back. And if he it doesn't then get it, we're we're left short in sort of the defensive midfield area. So he just needs to calm down, I think, and and just make sure he maintains his position. And think about where the attack is likely to, to develop rather than worrying about charging upfield, trying to uh, nick the ball away cheaply. But I think he is important to our team. And overall, despite a few mistakes, he, he, is, he is an important player. And he did, he did OK yesterday.
0: Well, it was a very Manchester United football club performance. Six academy players, eight in the squad with the other scorer for, for Arsenal, also coming from the United Academy attacking football excitement some scrap there was that passion i've used word a lot of the time from from people like memphis as we mentioned and we've retained that record that we've never lost a match at old trafford in the league uh when, when we've led in half time which is absolutely incredible and there was another very manchester united night um on thursday a european night at old trafford albeit in the europa league and not champions league and a debutante striker scores two goals on his debut in a 5 1 thumping with constant attacking football. I mean, who cares if it was mid land, to be honest? It was a great evening, wasn't it?
1: It was, yeah. And uh, when that uh, first mid goal went in, I was ready to throw the kitchen sink at Van Aal, at the team, at everyone. When, when that went in, I think we all just went into meltdown for, for a few minutes. But no, it was a brilliant response. And especially again, with a number of young players in because of our injuries, it was lovely to watch the way that we played. It just seemed like the players had no fear. I guess because of the situation. And they couldn't afford to be any fear basically because it was it was you know if we lost that game we were out effectively and I th- I think it actually helped having so many young players because they didn't seem phased by the fact not phased but they didn't seem to care that it was the Europa League they just wanted to get out there and play and enjoy their football and impress the manager impress the fan. and they did that massively the end that that second half of the first half and then the entirety of the second half was a joy to watch especially watching Memphis Depay just display. Everything that we that we've hoped that he he would do this for the entire season, and it was it was great to watch. And as you say, it, it, although it was against Midland, that is how we used to dispatch of smaller teams when Ferguson was around, and it was what we hoped Van Hall would bring to our team.
0: After Memphis made the young, he he became incredibly confident. Eventually, like as I said earlier, watching a, a young Ronaldo, how <laughs> many nutmegs uh, in one game from one player? I mean, there was a there was one back heel, one touch nutmeg, and then a Rabona nutmeg. <laughs> it's just incredible. Uh, he deserved his goal. It was great to see a late goal that he thoroughly deserved, having been man match despite Rashford's two goals. And it was one. It was a goal that we've missed a lot. A skill cut inside one yard of space and just bangs it near corner. That's something we've missed, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it really is. And It was lovely to come back because really, apart from uh, Anthony Martial, we've not seen anyone willing to make those runs into, into the channels and, and, and create that space for our attackers this season. And it was lovely to see Rashford, Memphis and Lingard all, all willing to make those, those kind of runs. And I think it's, it's been a feature of definitely Lingard's play since he's come into the team, actually. I think... He's someone who's gone under the radar quite a lot in that he's sacrificed himself a lot for the team. Although on the ball, he might not be technically the best player we have. He is definitely one of the most selfless. As a team player, he really does fulfil his role really, really well. And There's been a lot, of, a lot of hate directed towards him, especially just before the Chelsea game, actually, and that he proved a lot of people wrong with that stunning volley. But I think it's been quite unfair and he's done really, really well.
0: Yeah, we spoke yeah. about this on the last episode, about how we think Lingard is going to be one of those players that would have definitely made it under Salah and a squad player from the academy, and we need those kind of players, and as you say, um, a team player, one that just, want, wants to, just still wants to just play for United as a United fan. So, so he was good. I thought Schneiderlin having just thought he was excellent as against Shrewsbury Town. He seems to always be a contender for man of the match against uh, the smaller teams. I we got to mention O'Reilly so coming onto the sub against Shrewsbury. Um, he was subbed off with about 12 minutes to go. And a debut in, in such an important match for, for Louis van Gaal and the club as a whole. And he just—he looked like it—it it wasn't his debut at all. He settled in so well, and actually, he was one of the best players in the pitch. And he can very well with Memphis. Allows Memphis to to not track back, which which I think is really helpful for Memphis in in having that confidence and being able to go forward with Riley supporting him. Marcus Rojo, as I said against Arsenal, good to see him back, and good to see any player back from injury. Really, I mean, <laughs> a few players are returned, but it's still an incredible list. And Andres Pereira you just got to feel sorry for the kid. I mean, we mention him every week just saying that he needs minutes, doesn't he? Um, next round, against Liverpool, what a tie. What a tie. Um, first match-up in, in a European competition. March the 10th for Anfield. Um, 8.05 kick-off. March the 17th for Old Trafford. We're both going, aren't we? It could be quite special, yeah. couldn't it?
1: Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. It's the kind of nights that we all became accustomed to, all, albeit in a, uh, in a different, more prestigious competition. But... No matter what the circumstances surrounding a United Liverpool game, whether it 's on a Tuesday or Wednesday or a Sunday or a Thursday for that matter it 's always going to be a special night and over two legs i 'm expecting a real barnstorm of, of a tie to be fair. I think Eurobops team will definitely be up for it because to all intents and purposes, this is their main focus now I, you know I think most people would agree their chances of the top have gone um, as I suppose some people might claim ours are but i 'm not sure um, so I think it should be a really really good game and you never quite know what you're going to get with with Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. They could turn up and play how they did against Man City at the Etihad or they could turn up and play how they did against Watford at Vicarage Road. So it's always a lottery, but I'm really really looking forward to the to the game. I was over the moon actually when the the draw got made because I just think it's the kind of nights that we've been missing at Old Trafford. And like I said, although it's not in the competition we would all like it to be in, it's still going to be a great night, a great atmosphere and I can't wait, especially because we're both going.
0: Yeah, um, I, I was in a Spanish exam actually and my teacher, a scouser, and he came over to me with a little note saying, man, you Liverpool. And at the time I put my head in my hands and then about two minutes later I was celebrating because at, at first you see it and you think, oh God, no, we might go out. And then you think, hold on, we've beaten Liverpool four times in a row in, in the league and very excited, even if a little nervous. And I think the the second leg being at Old Trafford is key because an away goal at Anfield is very doable, even if they can get an away goal at Old Trafford. But coming back, possibly, with a win to Old Trafford could be vital, a little good thing. Van Gaal 9, Liverpool 2 so far. So we can be confident for that. On the subject of Van Gaal, everyone seems very positive around the club at the moment and I've not wanted Van Gaal out and not wanted him either. I've a bit of sitting on the fence, but I've always sort of leaned towards keeping him and keeping Mourinho very far out from the club. And a few fans who yeah, maybe were warming to Van Gaal a bit in this good run of form.
1: Definitely. I think it's because when Van Gaal first joined us, they loved him because they loved how crazy he was. But then when things started to go wrong on the pitch, it just looked ridiculous that we had a manager saying all these ridiculous things to the media when we were playing that badly. But now that we're starting to play a little bit, he's starting to really endear himself to people again. <laughs> what I'm sure will become the infamous, the infamous dive on the touchline in front of Mike Dean. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: what, what a moment that was.
1: Is, I think it's probably my moment of the season, <laughs> the moment of the last few years, without a doubt. Um, what made it better was that he did it in front of Mike Dean, the the referee who never smiles. But um, it was it was yeah it was a brilliant moment. I think it just it it really endeared him to the fans, and there was just a, a sense that he was beginning to win people over again when he did that, it, as as kind of stupid as it was. But because things were going right on the pitch, it was a lot more acceptable.
0: Yeah, and there's um, I, I mean, I don't want to be gushing for van Aert because ultimately he has been a failure but there is that side to him which makes it very very difficult to hate him I think a lot of people do hate him but for me that that confidence that arrogance and ultimately that humor that that thought that does go down as one of the one of the best moments of the season if not the, the past few seasons I think it's stuff like that which could if this form continues and if we make top four or if we win a trophy, could convince some people that maybe him over Mourinho. And there's also a very strong argument that he could have played Memphis up front against Arsenal. Because Rashford coming into your Premier League debut, I mean, he scored two against mid but that's mid this is Arsenal, one of the, as he said after the game, one of the best teams in the league. And he still went with Rashford, and he still went with Jesse Lagarde, and he still went with Varela. Um, he he could have played people out of position as he did last season which was a big criticism and instead he's using people like Fos mensah because Daily Blind could have gone at left back when Rojo got injured and, and maybe someone else could have slotted into defence but he, he put Fo mensah there instead and, uh, and there's been more debuts this week I think there's now 14 players who play for the under-21s regularly who have been given debuts by Van Gaal in, in the past about 22 months or so it's, it's something that Argues very strongly for Mourinho to stay well out, is
1: I mean, for a time, I was beginning to lean towards Mourinho simply for the fact that I was so desperate for results. But I think a few weeks ago, I kind of came to my senses and I realised that he just doesn't fit with our club. He doesn't fit with what we're trying to achieve. Um, and as we kind of covered this in, it was uh, in the episode after it was a pet. Uh, we'll be going to City that I'm not even sure Mourinho will win many, if any, trophies while Pep Guardiola is at City. Because at Real Madrid, he found it tough, uh, tough enough competing with Guardiola. And then, say three years down the line, not won that much against Pep at, at City. He then may leave us in the state that he's left Chelsea. And why, why do we want to get into a situation like that? I just think we'd be better off focusing ourselves, focusing on the long-term ambitions of the club. And like you said, how can we, how can we let all these brilliant youngsters... That proved that they can step up yesterday. How can we then let them all go to waste if Mourinho comes in and just decides that he doesn't want them all and they all get loaned out? Yeah, there was
0: a great stat um, that that my brother told me yesterday. Van Aal slash United have given five debuts to academy players this week in the past four days, five days maybe. And Jose Mourinho at Chelsea with Undoubtedly, the best academy in the league, if not the world, having won the UEFA Youth League. That's the mini version of the Champions League, having won that and winning FA Youth Cup. I think, I think it now might be three or four times consecutively. He used five youth players in two years and Van Hal, used five in four days. I think uh, even if his injuries that has caused Van Hal to use them, I think Mourinho wouldn't have done that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You said you know last season Van Hal was the one playing. See players out of position rather than blood in the youngsters. And that is the kind of thing that Jose Mourinho seems to prefer to do. And it's just not going to work, I don't think. I think fans would get too frustrated and too quickly. I can't see it happening at United. I I don't know. I just don't think it's a match that will ever work. And honestly, while Sir Alex Ferguson still has a say in the way that the club is ran, and Sir Bobby Charlton for that matter, I'm not sure he'll ever be allowed to come because supposedly both of them were very, very vocal in, in their opposition to Mourinho joining when Ferguson retired.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, you mentioned Sir Bobby Charlton there. Um, We have to move on. But I I don't know if we mentioned this in the last episode, but great news that one of the stands at Old Trafford will now be called the Sir Bobby Charlton stand. Opposite each other, Sir Alex Ferguson and Sir Bobby Charlton. I I think that's great by the club. If you think of Manchester United, you'd think Sir Alex Ferguson, but someone who represents what United is all about, is Sir Bobby Charlton. And I think we saw that this week with young players attacking football. And I think Sir Bobby Charlton is the the figure who represents that. Also, also i got to mention this. It, it was a great weekend, wasn't it? Um, at the end of it, uh, <laughs> folks, and we're singing on to glory, glory, Man United. That was a great image. And I think that shows that maybe he is one of the people who has been slightly won over in the last few weeks by Van Hart. As we mentioned, there are another four debutants this week, and the list of academy players becoming first-team players grows as the injury list starts. Joe Riley made his full debut against FC Middelland. Um He'll be unlikely to stay within the first-team of the return of Marcus Rojo, but Guillermo Varela has continued to be a key player, as we mentioned earlier. But Antonio Valencia is set to return soon, leaving his position at right-back under threat. Timothy Foseman and James Weir both made their debuts as substitutes in a 3-2 win over Arsenal and Marcus Rashford, of course, made his debut in stunning fashion, becoming United's youngest ever European goalscorer, breaking George Best's 51-year-old record. Former United striker, another player to score two goals on his debut for the club, Uh, a rare stat, that is. Louis Saha has backed Rashford for test, saying he has all the ammunition to become a dangerous striker. Van Gaal has also praised Rashford for his fantastic performance. Michael Carrick was delighted for Rashford, too, Um, just continues doesn't it he said his davy braces what football's all about and what this club has been about for so long I, th- I think he's summed it up well um carrick also said it reminded him of his debut but he could be playing his, in his final game soon enough he says that he doesn't know how much longer he can play for uh, for like two games within a week um his united contracts running out summer with arsenal newcastle and chinese super league clubs reportedly interested uh we discussed this on an episode a few weeks ago saying that he should be given a new contract i think everyone would agree with that Van Gaal, of course, has been all across the back pages this week. He called the Mourinho rumours an absolute scandal, as his row with the media continues, while claiming that United's poor results before this upturn in form has been overplayed. While Manchester City were beaten 5-1 by Chelsea, Van Haal made the surprisingly sensible point that was excused due to youngsters playing, and that is in what he finds himself in at United in the last few games. David Beckham batsman man hard to an extent, saying he should be judged at the end of the season and not now, uh, given that United are still in with the chance of the top four the FA Cup and Europa League. Memphis are star performing at mid and Arsenal, really, ahead of the game. Uh, ahead of that game with tonight, he says that he hasn't lived up to expectations at United yet. Um, know, he sort of has now, hasn't he? He also said they quickly built up with Luke Shaw before the left-back got injured in September, and it'll be fantastic to see Shaw return and, and then link up again, because uh, at the start of the season, Memphis was impressing, if not as much, as he has done in the last two games. On the opposite flank, Guillermo Varela has revealed that Louis van Gaal told him to stay at Manchester United after he approached him to leave on loan to get first-team football. It's paid off Varela, um, who, who's played a lot of times since then he 's one of many to come from the academy this season, and one of fourteen that debuts from the academy Under final hole in two seasons uh, i 'm not sure how reliable this i've I, No other academy people that I trust have repeated this, but Stephen Howson, who is a big united youtuber uh, said a presentation saying that there will be a new under twenty one stadium built for for the under twenty one side uh, and trying to sort of replicate City, and it's either going to give when we've just named a stand after Sir Bobby Charlton, Stephen House, and who usually I disagree with, but on this he seems quite sensible. So it'd be great to name that stadium after after someone like Duncan Edwards, maybe Jimmy Murphy, or even a bit about Eric Harrison, who brought up the class ninety two. Really, um, another big piece of news from the Sunday Times. I don't many people didn't see this. They say that uh, United want a director of football. Uh, reducing Edward Wood's role within the the football side of things. I think that would be a fantastic move. Dan Ashworth of the Football Association, who used to work at West Bromwich Albion, is one possible target. Andrea Berta, who we talked about a few weeks ago, who Gianluca DiMazio reported, who's very trustworthy, is possibly another target. Duncan Castle's reported this, so um, don't, don't. Just get your hopes up just yet. And the academy was the forefront against mid and against Arsenal, but the under-18s and under-21s haven't been that busy since we last recorded. Charlie Scott and Indy Boone have scored either side of a Stoke City goal in a two-under-18 victory on Saturday morning. It's a good start to the Merrick Group campaign, the playoffs of the under-18 Barclays Premier League. The under-18s will play Swansea City away from home on Friday, while the under-21s play Oldham behind closed doors in Manchester Senior Cup next Monday. Um, at the moment, they're playing a very strong team against Middlesbrough in the under-21 league. Jack, how have our lone players been doing this week?
1: Ashley Fletcher played pretty much the whole game at Barnes. He played 96 minutes before getting replaced in the last minute as they beat Crew 2-1. Didn't manage to get a goal this week, but he played well nonetheless. He was a constant threat throughout the game. And he continues his, his pretty good spell alone loan at Barnes. He's he's scored, a th- I don't know the actual amount actually, but he's he's, he's been doing pretty well. Um, Barnsley fans have Seemed pretty impressive him From the few that I've talked to Trying to find out A little bit more about him Uh, Yeah he he's Continuing his good form really Victor Valdez Maybe not so much Spanish keeper Played the whole game For Standard Liege As he drew 3-3 With Anderlecht the weekend Incidentally He was on the opposite side To former Man United player Alexander Butner The left back uh, He played for Anderlecht In that game and Nick Powell, on loan at Hull, was involved. In, he played 28 minutes as they drew nil-nil with Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, they were the only United loanees to feature. Kieran O'Hara and Blackett both did not play for their respective clubs this week. So, a bit of a mixed bag, really.
0: All right, good. Um, Fletcher's doing well, isn't he? In a, a... James Wilson they'll talk about him being recalled but now we've got this magic Marcus Rashford I, I don't think that will happen it's probably good to, for Wilson to get a regular first team football and Fletcher also um, have we got any questions this week from from our followers
1: we do so the first one comes in from at rxlyat who says what do you see Rashford achieving in the future
0: um it's a difficult question that. I mean I, I haven't got my, my my psychic ball out but uh <laughs> Rashford I think I haven't I've I, as I said earlier I've seen him five or six times for the for the youth side and obviously now twice for the first team. I think as I also mentioned earlier I think development is key and not focusing on making him the, this this uh, first team starter or or even I, I don't want to see him on the bench from now until till the end of the season. Um, like maybe once or twice, but I don't want to see him just warming the bench like Pereira has done. I think he needs to continue playing youth football. A key bit he needs to bulk up his shirt on a Sunday and Thursday he looked <laughs> looked very big for it. And uh, obviously he's done well, but as he gets older and people become more accustomed to his playing style and defenders become more aware of what he can do, he he really needs to to get some strength because the, the speed is there, the technique is there, the game decisions is there but uh, I think that'll get him in.
1: I ab- absolutely I agree I think there's no point just keeping him on the bench in the first team because we think it's just the right thing to do most important thing for him at the moment is to keep playing football and to keep developing in any way that he can I do see huge future, at least for the next few years United I don't think he's one of these players that will kind of in the Makeda sort of mold who will come in have one or two good games and then um, and, and then just sort of kind of fade into obscurity I do think that he will he will stay at United for a few seasons yet hopefully have a few more um, performances like the ones we've seen so far um I, don't, I mean i don't ever become a star for united but i guess similar to what we've what we've said about jesse lingard in the past that i think he, his future will be at united whether it as a regular starter i'm not sure but i think he will have a role to play i hope so anyway yeah it could,
0: it could be the same case as lingard where, where he's a squad player in, instead of a first team player or, or even not a squad player but a player rotated instead of being that star man i don't think he'll be the star man he's obviously got a huge talent and huge ability and, and maturity to to come into for his debut i think he had about seven minutes thinking time before before replacing martial who who got injured in the warm up and is set to return soon i i think that maturity is key i i didn't really answer the question I, will he make it united yes i think so but uh, not as a world class player but uh, but as a as probably an important player yeah Uh,
1: okay so second question comes in from at yaya 11 sorry if i butchered that name do you think gigs will make a good manager
0: yes it's very difficult to say obviously because we have no evidence of it at united i think it very much depends on when and who and what squad he takes over from um i think now if he takes over from van haal it's going to be difficult for him because we might be on an upturn of form, but come the end of the season, there probably would have been one or two more rough patches. And given the the lack of trophies in the last three seasons, barring that uh, David Moyes Community Shield against Wigan, um, barring that, um, I, I think it's difficult to come in when the fans just want a trophy so badly. So if we win a trophy this season, then I think at United he could cope because there'll be less of that pressure just to win something straight away we, we haven't won something enough uh, overall as a manager I think people often underestimate his both his football knowledge and his ability to be a steely character um uh, there's that look they gave <laughs> he sometimes gives Van Gaal on the bench which strikes a fear of god into into <laughs> me um and his football knowledge is obviously huge and he's been on the tutelage of Louis Van Gaal David Moyes and so it's focused three excellent managers
1: one thing that maybe we we haven't really thought about as, as generally just as, as fans is that although he he's probably been an assistant manager or in the coaching staff at United for the most unsuccessful few, few years that of his involvement at the club, it, in some ways it might actually help him because it shows him what we've done wrong, and I think he can learn from that quite a lot. So I think he will he will be quite a good manager. Whether he'll ever be a long term United manager, I'm not sure. Um, it it totally depends on the situation, like you said, but. We'll see, I, but I do think he, he will be a decent manager in the future, yes. Final question comes in from at Man like Rooney, um who asks, if it's kind of going on from, uh, from what you were saying, if United were to have a very strong end to the season and maybe win a trophy or two, would you consider Louis van Gaal staying as manager?
0: Yes, I think I've always considered this, um, although in December came quite... <laughs> I think that sort of consideration stopped being... Uh, being in the forefront of my mind, I've always felt that if if we win the Europa League, yes, I think he can stay on because that will mean Champions League qualification, a trophy, having had a very tough season in terms of injuries. I think a lot of fans have seen enough, even if we win a trophy and even if they're enjoying his little antics on the touchline (laughs) with Mike Dean on Sunday. I think a lot of fans have seen the, the bad side to know that if that comes back if that boring football with senior players that we saw at the start of the season comes back, they won't be able to, to cope with it. So I think for a lot of the fan base, possibly a majority of the fan base, I think him staying on whatever happens until the end of the season now, whether if we get top four in FA Cup and Europa League, I think even then some will think, uh, all right, we'll wave you into retirement with a with a very happy ending instead of risking another season like this. And a lot of people have their hearts on Mourinho. Uh, that's not us, but I think a lot of people have their hearts on Mourinho.
1: Personally, I think it would take both a trophy and top four for him to to stay on as United manager. Even if it was the Europa League that we won, although that would get us into the Champions League, I just think the psychological boost that goes with just being a, a, a top four club in terms of Van Gaal's reputation will be a big factor in it. I think it also depends on the on the uh, the managerial situation elsewhere in the summer. It totally depends on who who is available because. Personally, I don't see the club turning to Ryan Giggs straight away. I just don't see it as a credible solution. And I don't see why they would risk going to Giggs if Van Gaal was proved, if we're saying this scenario takes place, if he's proved in the last half of the season that he can actually be an effective Man United manager. So I think it depends what the managerial situation elsewhere is like. And as you said, if the style of football does stay as it has been in the last week. We just had, actually, as we were answering that question... Another one coming from Dan Anceta, who has been a very avid fan of this so far, so thank you for that, Dan. He says, which starter that is currently injured should be most worried about their role in the first eleven?
0: I guess we've sort of alluded to this before, but uh, I guess um, Matteo Damian and Valencia too. Those two, particularly because Varela has been so impressive and so consistent. I think that's the key thing. It hasn't been like two impressive performances against Arsenal and mid It has been consistently one of the best players in the pitch every time. So I think Valencia and, and uh, Matteo Darmin have to be especially worried.
1: Yeah, I to- totally agree. Damian is definitely one. He needs to be careful. I'm not sure he could displace Varela in the current form that he's in. The only other one, I mean, I'm not sure if you consider him an, an actual starter because I don't think Van hal quite worked out what his best midfield pairing was even before all the injuries. But perhaps Bastian Schweinsteiger, who I believe started training again last week, um, it would be interesting to see whether Van Gaal reinstates him into the team because Herrera, slowly but surely, is beginning to, to come into a little bit of form. It's been nice to see him getting back to the, the way that we all know that he can play. And so perhaps he and Schneidlin are beginning to form a partnership. And so it would be interesting to see whether Schweinsteiger does come back into the team.
0: Having not been the world-class signing that he, he some people thought he was, I mean, it's great to be able to say, I've seen Bastian Schweinsteiger play for Manchester United, but... His impact hasn't been huge. I mean, in some games, he's very good to have a leader, a player who's so good at finding that ball through through defenders, through midfielders, and, and that excellent ball. I think he played one in Memphis against Club Bruges very early on in the season. So, yeah, he can be worried, but more so not because of young players, but because of Herrera improving, Schneiderlitt improving, Juan Mata improving very slightly too. Thank you very much for listening to Series 1, Episode 8 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much for your questions. Um, it, it always adds something extra when we get thrown off off our guard like that. And thank you very much for your support. Uh, Jack mentioned Dan there giving, giving us great support. And uh, honestly, we've been overwhelmed by what has been quite an incredible start for us. And so thank you very much for that. Jack, where can we find you on Twitter?
1: Uh, at UTD Tate T A I T.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson64 and you can find the podcast on Twitter at UTD Weekly Pod. Thank you very much for listening. What's well, been a very upbeat episode? What's well, been a very upbeat week for Manchester United and has represented the true values of the club, the academy, the attacking football, the excitement and the little humour from Louis Van Gaal. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: Like you when she talks to me so quietly and so softly, oh baby, won't you let me be your number one?
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? <gasps> Ooh, a book club. <gasps> Computer solitaire, huh?
0: <sighs> ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.